Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Not everything is always black or white. Sometimes things are gray. So how does Jared Allen feel about missing out on the Pro Football Hall of Fame twice already and continuing his nonprofit work? Well, what Jared feels strongest about of the two may surprise you. Stick around to find out what I mean. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As an all-in-one youth sports management app, Team Snap helps take the stress out of coaching, letting you spend more time with your team and less time organizing. As a coach, I love to track the real-time RSVPs, which lets me prepare for each training session, and I love to post scouting reports and discussion topics. As a parent, I appreciate being able to sync my kids' schedules directly into my calendar and use the Team Chat feature for timely updates on where to meet and park. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com slash winning for more information. One thing I always loved about Jared Allen was his honesty. That was something that was valued in his family growing up, where people always talk to you straight. In part three of our conversation, Jared speaks candidly about the emotional roller coaster of being a Hall of Fame finalist in his first two years of eligibility since retirement. But he also makes clear why entry won't change his life. Now he'll readily admit having that sort of perspective has only come with time since the prospect of having a football career good enough to be considered for the Pro Football Hall of Fame would have made getting this close and not getting in simply unbearable when he was younger. On the other hand though, Jared clearly states why Homes for Wounded Warriors is so personal and special for him and what he hopes to instill in his two daughters. I can't wait for you to listen to the final part of my conversation with Jared Allen. Tune in now. One of the things that I love that you've said in, in more recent interviews is just your focus on success versus significance. Tell me a little bit more about that. You know, that was that was a full on, you know, chapel deal. I think it was Jeff Seaman that gave that that talk about being significant and versus successful. And, you know, I think they can run hand in hand, but they're, you know, staunchly different, right? I mean, success is measured by animate objects, so to speak, right? I think success is measured by wealth, awards, accolades where significance measures your impact on whether it be your job, your game, the people around you. And so I would, you know, as I get older and as I'm able to look back in life, when I was younger, success was all I cared about, right? As you get older, I think you realize significance is what is what really lasts because somebody else will be successful, right? Yeah. Somebody else is going to break sack records. Somebody else is going to get the contract that was bigger than yours. Someone else is going to take the job title, right? I mean, that yeah. at the end of the day, you're always going to be replaced in some form or fashion. But significance is really what I think is the lasting, you know, legacy you leave on people, on on life. So you know, again, I think, again, the big difference is just, you know, success and it can go hand in hand. But at the end of the day, if you're trampling on others to be to get to the top, you're not really making a significant impact in the lives of, of people around you or on the game or on, you know, whatever. So for me, that becomes a bigger role is, is kind of like, you know, if you ever think about, you know, when I'm gone, 
what are people going to say about me? I would hope when I go that all people don't talk, they just don't talk about it, that he was a great football player. Cause that would hope that would diminish the, the 90 other percent of what I am. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I try to, I try to focus on things and um, try to be impactful in, in people's lives. And you have made such a beautiful commitment through your nonprofit, Homes for Wounded Warriors. Tell me about why that's so important to you and why it's been something that you've just invested so much time, money, and energy into. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I come from a military family. My, my dad played football, but the rest of my grandpa, my uncles, and stuff like that were all in the military. My, my brother was in the military. Well, both my brothers were. So I, I knew from a young age that that the men and women of armed services are really what allowed me to to live a life that I wanted to live, right? You know, it's so the old cliche saying, freedom don't come free. And, and, it, and it, unfortunately, it doesn't. Freedom comes with, <laughs> with sacrifice, right? Whether it be lives, limbs, but even time. When I, I got to go on a USO tour, I got to see the sacrifices that, you know, just people being away from their family, you know, just not having the daily freedoms that we enjoy so much back home, but that, you know, our men and women volunteer to go on the road. They go on here to go fight overseas, to live overseas, to take everything over there so we can sit and live a life of ease, kind of say, you know, uh, it really, really humbled me that when I found out there was a gap in adaptive housing, I just thought, you know, no one deserves to live the American dreams or have the reward of the American dream, right? The, the benefits of the house and, and the family and stuff like that more than men and women that, that protect it for us. So we started building handicap accessible homes back in 2009 and we've just continued to build, you need to learn and, and it helps. we have great, you know, strategic partners throughout the entire building trades. It's phenomenal corporate partners. And so it just, to me, it, it's another one of those things. It's, it's a humbling moment when you get to talk to these men and women uh, who have, you know, sacrificed, you know, life and limb and, and limb in most of these cases for our country. And, and they still believe someone else deserves it more than them, right? Wow. I think it really puts your life into perspective. It's a way to say thank you. And it's a way to, I don't take for granted the fact that I got to play a game for a living. And and that, that you know, I was able to have as much success in it, to have a, to have a life of pretty much of, of ease and not have to have the stressors that, you know, most people have in life. So I, it just, it's my way of saying thank you to them. And uh, again, it's, it's something that is just every time we give a house away, every time we get a new family, you get to hear their story. Uh, there, there are similarities, but there's so many differences and it just constantly, you know, kind of recenters you and makes you realize, you know what, at my worst day, these men and women are learning how to have to talk, think, you know, act again. Can you imagine going from being an alpha to having to rely on others or to be missing, a, you know, an arm, leg, learning how to talk again, someone says, eat, feed yourself. So those little things are constant. And then do that with an attitude of humility and do that attitude of like, I'm going to conquer the world anyway. So it's just been a great life lesson and we continue to plug along. What's something that you want to try to instill in your kids as they navigate childhood and growing up? Confidence, right? Courage, the willingness to fail. A lot of people are so afraid to fail that they don't try things. And just, but just humility. I think that's the biggest thing, right? To have a compassionate heart for others. And that doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you can't go out and dominate the world, but you can, you can do that and, and have a, have a love for Christ and be compassionate towards others and have a humble spirit and still be courageous and still, you know, be driven and not have to rely on others. You know, I think that's what I wanted to sell my kids. You've been a Hall of Fame finalist. How important is it to you to become a Hall of Famer? 
at this point, you know, it's like being at the finish line, not being allowed to cross the tape. I mean, uh, so I would hope, I'd hope they didn't make me a first ballot finalist just to hold me over for, you know, ever. So uh, at some point, you know, I'm like, my goodness, it doesn't, it's not going to have an impact. I know people say, oh, it's going to change. Like, it's not going to have an impact on my life. I laugh and joke. Like my wife and kids are going to love me the same. The dog's still going to go to the bathroom in the yard and someone's going to have to pick it up. My chores Here's aren't going to change. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My chores aren't going to change. It'll be, it'll be one of those most incredible experiences. It's, it's the pinnacle of the individual accolades it is something that just says that your career stands the test of time i'd be a liar if i didn't say it wouldn't be absolutely the coolest thing you know ever but i try to keep it in perspective but yeah it, it, it gets annoying i will mean, be honest like you know you get frustrated like oh i'm gonna get in oh i'm not gonna get oh i'm gonna get in i'm not gonna get in but at least i haven't had to do it eight times yet. i think you know lynch one of the eight-year finalists or something yeah. like that so i try to take it in stride and there's literally nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So uh, it, it stings when you get the rejection call and then you move on. What about becoming a member of the Vikings Ring of Honor? How special is that? And that's cool. I laugh and joke with myself. Well, now that my own team you know, believes in me, maybe the Hall will believe in me too. So I know it, it's, it's, it's a special deal. I mean, 27 people only in the storied franchise is something, I know I keep using the word humble. I need to find it. I need to find a thesaurus and, and pick out a better word, but it is, it just, it's, it's surreal. It's just one of those things where you're like, man, this is cool. You know what I mean? This yeah. is really cool to know after all these years that I still am up there with the Ellers and the Pages and the Randalls and the Marshalls and, you know, just, I have friendships with, with, with these guys, you know what I mean? And so it, it truly is, it's a blessing to be able to go and, you know, celebrate that. So what is your favorite Viking memory, though, during your time with the Vikings? What stands out? Man, uh, there's so many. I, I can't remember. I, you know, coming there and winning our first division title, 2008. I think 2008 was, you know, everybody talks about 2009. Obviously with Brad, it was, that was, I mean, that whole, that thing was phenomenal. But 2008, man, we, to win the, to win the division with, with, you know, issues at quarterback and stuff like that, you know, between Gus and T-Jack and all this, we just, I mean, we were stout. I mean, we were just hitting people in the mouth, physical. So I think that, that, that transition going there is just and then and then be having Dolman on the field when uh, when I was able to get 22 sadly missing 23 I had like two or three opportunities where I just you know, missed that but you know I think that was my relationships there I mean my relationships are hand down the number one thing I remember but yeah I mean I think I'll just say just so we were so much pressure on us in that 08 season and for us to respond the way we did especially that back run I think we won five out of our last six or something like that we won a 5-0 run to win the division and you know even unfortunately to lose in that first round of the playoffs but uh but that team was that team was a fun team because I mean it was hard hitting people were flying around making things happen what's one message you have for youth sports parents today don't make it about you right obviously help your kids support your kids as they come you know kind of our rules if my kids are like I'm in then then I'm all in right but so many kids times parents are trying to live their dreams out through their kids. And it's unfortunate because now at a younger and younger age, you have to, you know, focus on a sport, you know, that you know, they should be allowed just to, to play. So, you know, be supportive, but don't be, don't be combative, right? Don't, don't try to live your dreams through them. Let them, let them drive the ship. And then when they, whatever direction they point it in, give them your full support. What's one message you try to share with kids who look up to you? I think, you know, to be self-motivated, right? self-motivated hard work and determination will conquer all it really is um you know i think find that passion whatever it is and then and the biggest thing is don't let others dictate what you can or cannot do everybody told me i was never going to play in the nfl right because every kid says that at some point yes you have to narrow down have realistic goals in life 
but as a kid dream, I mean, dream big and chase them. Yeah. Well, Jared Allen, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to visit with me and have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to must-have app in youth sports. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.